Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Get away from me. Get away from me. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 402, Meet the New Boss, is sponsored by Chop Shop Dominoes, because you got to kill some time when you're laying low. Pete, quick programming note before we dive on into meeting that new director. In fact, kind of dueling programming notes here, uh, as was revealed by you, not by me because I don't watch the previews, but no new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next week. So uh, AOS back in two weeks, uh, concurrent, of course, with that vice presidential debate. And uh, Pete, that actually works out pretty well for us because uh, that means next week we can be focused on uh, on a on a fella who we're going to be meeting again for the first time this Friday when Luke Cage drops and the Luke Cage podcast by Fantastic Geek it hits the streets. Yeah, it does. And Matt, the buzz maybe has never been higher. I've seen the first seven episodes; they are terrific. Um, TV Guide, Matt, called it the most important TV show of 2016. And I think you can reason your way through that for a variety of reasons. Race, um, a black protagonist, uh, corruption, everything going on. Uh, There's no debate, Matt. It is a fantastic show. We're super excited to be uh, bringing it to you beginning this weekend. Matt, I'm so excited to finally be able to talk to you about this show. It's tough living in my hashtag spoiler-free world. It's tough remaining spoiler-pure, but I cannot wait to jump into Luke Cage. And uh, certainly a, a, a timely show. Can't wait to be having the dialogue about uh, about not only uh, the, the things going on in the show, but the things it's commenting about. So super excited about that. We plan to have our first uh, Luke Cage podcast episode up this weekend. And then we will be uh, adopting a Monday and Friday release schedule for that show with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. off next week. We're going to do another Luke Cage in its place on Wednesday. So if you're listening to us on the Pop Culture podcast feed uh you'll be getting all those episodes what pete four episodes from uh, from when you're listening to this uh within the next week so certainly good stuff there and uh if you're just listening to us on the agents of shield feed definitely uh subscribe to the luke cage podcast by fantastic geek or the pop culture podcast and uh if none of those tickle your fancy you know what we'll see you in two weeks for more shield on top of the fact that we will be seeing the next Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode um, Friday, uh, a week from Friday, I should say. We will be at New York Comic Con where that will be aired for the uh, fans there um, with the off day, uh, the off week coming this Tuesday because of the vice presidential debate. When we catch you up on what went down, the tease here, Matt, there's a nightlight, uh, a child laying in the bed, and suddenly a ghost whisk by. The child wakes, looks under the bed, winds up out in the den where uh, his uh, father uh, is suddenly summoned. Dad, there's a ghost in there. Okay, was it friendly, not friendly? He's, of course you know, indulging the child. 
no, she was a girl. Okay. Um, suddenly the, uh, the ghost breaks a frame. So the ability to interact with its environment here, Matt, I'm, I'm not sure on the, uh, whatever scale the Ghostbusters would, would measure the non-corporeal blah, 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 blah. Okay. But clearly interacting with the environment's not a good thing for this family. Um, and suddenly this ghost talks, what are you doing in my house? Uh, yelling for a Joseph, the child is scared and the ghost goes through the man as we go to our title card. Pete, I think all true Ghostbuster fans know this uh, this uh, ghostly apparition here almost certainly started out as a class four full roaming vapor, then a, a preached, uh, approached rather class three corporeal status. So it's all very technical. It's all very by, by the book. Tobin's spirit guide, of course. Pete, have to mention that right before we go to title card, it's the return again of that, that I don't even know what the proper term is, that kind of, that kind of death effect as as the father is looking at the son that kind of uh you know the darkening of the eyes it's it's a very very creepy effect and it's also it this is tonally a very different opening than we i dare say have ever seen before i'm okay with that sitting there going is this uh is this agents of the x-files or as somebody (laughs) said on twitter is this american horror story colon agents of shield Bring it on. And uh, we go to that fiery title card wondering what in the world is ahead for us. Act one here as uh, Robbie, clad in his leather outfit, jumps in the charger. Okay. Pulls past uh, the mural in tribute of the Ghost Rider here. And suddenly Reyes is being uh, busted by some of the boys down at the chop shop. Hey, did you see the game last night? Did you get her name? And uh, he lets us know that uh, the team that plays the ball of foot, Matt, it, it, if it ain't silver and black, he don't give a damn. Pete, I know what a, what a big fan you are of uh, the, the rap culture coming out of the 80s and the 90s. I know that you, too, bleed silver and black for your L.A. Raiders. A Raiders hat right now. How did you even know? Pete, it's, it, it's you know what? It's... It's just the way it is, and uh, certainly a nice introduction there to see the the softer side of Robbie Reyes. You know, the guys at work, everybody talking about the game and whatnot. Uh, though, when not not a lot goes on in the scene, uh, it's nonetheless nice character work. Of course, worth mentioning that he notices he's being uh, being uh, followed by the Crimson Van, and the story then moves on to Shield HQ, where Pete, there's a mysterious box. What's in the box? Uh, well, it's empty, Matt. Um, Simmons, uh, talking with Fitz here, explains that whatever is in it drove several men mad. Uh, really liked the Fitz analogy here. He's a dark age blacksmith looking at Tesla. Uh, but some gadgetry there reveals uh, a, a ghostly Matt uh, green interior there's some tech going on there uh remembering of course back to your marvel cinematic universe thor that intersection of science and magic clearly there is similar 
ideas at work here. Uh, Mac explains that the father uh, who has checked into uh, a local ER says he saw a ghost. They have security footage from when the gang had opened up the box and they can see the ghost in that security footage. Indeed, Mac ain't afraid of no ghost. Elsewhere in HQ, Coulson's been kept waiting over an hour to get his tongue lashing from, wait for it, the new director, like the episode is called. Coulson is happy to be out in the field again. And side note, you really buy it here for as much as we are all Team Coulson. There's just this, there's just this feeling of he's... Agent Coulson is an agent again. It's the way it's supposed to be. And, of course, there's the uh, the observation by Melinda May that HQ has been decorated by someone who just needs to, to clench, clench harder. Um, but it's Zephyr 1 that feels like home, says Coulson. And it's interesting to note, too, and, and we see through Coulson's arc to this point, you know, back in the field as he is, but he's clearly got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as far as the bureaucracy is concerned. And I love how May keeps him grounded here, even though, as we'll go to it uh, here, you know, she's struggling with with her demons, um, that it would still be his job if he put up half a fight. Now, that is an interesting analysis there pete i read the scene rather in the opposite that that colson was okay with the passing of the baton and and it was more may uh kind of you know pacing the room in order to uh in, in order to have things return as they were uh regardless certainly a uh a, a scene of uh scene of some tension not liking the new the new regime back in la uh daisy makes her way into the garage there and uh, suddenly she's talking with uh, Canella is his name. One of the, uh, the, the gentlemen who works in the shop explaining that uh, she went to old Garfield High with Robbie Reyes. And boy, does she have stories. But she's also got a troubled van that burst into flames. Wonder how that happened. But she figured it was time to reconnect. In this scene where Daisy has these double entendres with Robbie Reyes, Chloe Bennett delivers the scene with such wonderful, subtle acting, of course, supporting that uh, that subtle writing. So just a, a wonderful moment there for Chloe Bennett. As act two begins here, Reyes thinks the engine looks just fine. Um, he notes in between the polite conversation they're having that somehow he's been tracked down here the subject of perhaps being on the right side is floated okay um and the boys there are uh raking him over the coals that uh wait reyes wasn't always the strong silent type Indeed, uh, Daisy saying he ha- he needs to drop the too cool for school mentality. Boy, that's never fun to deal with. And uh, she unfurls his life story. Clearly, she's done her homework on him. All the while throwing in these these uh, digs about her engine was on fire. What a surprise! Hey, maybe she should leave it alone. Says Robbie. 
Um, and he fixes the van for her. Ultimately, it was just a, a loose hose, only for her to break it again using her uh, using her powers. Something that he very clearly sees, and uh, clearly she's not going anywhere. Yeah, and back at Shield here, uh, May points out, well, he's only two hours late. This new boss, um, and there's a rather large uh, security guard in front there that she demands move um but there's the director matt i don't know if you caught there was some journalistic jargon being thrown around there uh the word sidebar are you familiar i'm not familiar with a sidebar although i did understand pr and optics yes sidebar he was instructing here he's clearly giving some pr direction uh, and dealing with some stories. A sidebar is an ancillary story to go along with a main story. So he's clearly cooking up some coverage here, and we get quite a bit of front-loading that there's some big PR announcement coming, but we don't know what it is just yet. The whole presentation here of jeffrey the director he's so congenial so convivial so nice he gets things he's all cool pete he's the cool boss man he just wants to be your friend he doesn't like the title of boss but he does also need colson to help on those pr optics the whole the whole pr front since shield is about to go public again um so i like that this is a scene that uh, th- that the show is able to have its cake and eat it too, where we see the big bad that has been foretold for for frankly since the season three finale, to some degree, the big bad director. He's actually just a nice guy, and, or at least thus we thus we have presented at least on the literal front. But there's this undercurrent of something still is not right. It's not just that we root for Coulson. It's like this guy is too good to be true. It was unnerving how kind and just, uh, you know, on their side he was, you know, from dismissing the uh, security guard, Cecilio, to go get a cup of coffee to, uh, you know, telling Phil it was okay, you know, uh, Daisy's a friend, okay, and uh, Colson admitting, you know, I had this whole speech ready, although he tells him to save it for a time when he might needs it because Matt, a team that trusts is a team that triumphs. Every working man and working woman listening knows this kind of, this kind of, I don't know, fuzzy baloney. And, uh, <laughs> wow, that's an image. <laughs> well, you know what, Pete, isn't that, isn't that what the man always is, whether it's a, a man, man or a woe man, when it's the man talking their talk with their color charts you just know, you, you know, the second uh, the second shoe is going to drop before too long. But elsewhere we go in Shield HQ, Pete, they're scientifically breaking down Ghost Mom. Maybe it's phase shifts. Maybe she's actually a ghost. Well, Matt, the family uh, that saw the ghost earlier in the episode had checked itself into a Pasadena ER so Mac suggests that they start there and pull on some threads. Uh, Colson, meanwhile, um, has been asked to help uh, director Jeffrey Mace out with uh, 
a favor, if you will. He's uh, taking some of the uh, the brass around some Congress people later in the day, and he's recruited here again with the soft touch that he knows all the SSR trivia. Okay, that uh, they both know why Jeffrey Mace has this job, uh, which we learn a little bit more about towards the end of the episode. But um, he, Mace, answers to the UN and to the Sokovia Accords at this point. Some some nice machinations here uh, with the writerly hand. You know, this episode, um, as I've said of the the second episode of any series, you know, that's kind of you do the pilot of of an episode. And then when it's time to do episode two, that's actually the first episode of the rest of the series, because you figured out what works, what doesn't. You've taken your time with the pilot. Now you need to go and make the rest of the show. Similarly, we had this this really kind of focused, action-packed, driven season start. And now this episode is kind of the beginning of the rest of the season. Um, Perhaps not the strongest episode, but what we do have in this portion of the story is uh, kind of a combining. Specifically, hey, uh, Fitz and Mac are going to Pasadena. Pete, isn't that by the Los Angeles? It is. It is to the north of Los Angeles, a little bit northeast there at the foot of the mountains. And uh, the site of the Rose Bowl, also the site of uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is strongly hinted that we are in the next scene as the ghost heads through a wall. There are sparks. There's uh, a gigantic cylindrical container she opens one of the boxes and suddenly like her another being takes shape it's hugo he wants to know what happened um he calls her lucy we've got some names here look at you uh what did he do uh suddenly his hand is half visible there are others trapped in cells like them what did he do to us Hugo, we've been in there for years, Matt. Indeed, the uh, the pronoun game played a plenty. He, who, Pete? I guess we'll we'll find out at some point. It's a it's a grand mystery. Also, uh, I had to have a little chuckle here as uh, ghosts are released from the the trap. Had to wonder too that uh, that big um, turbine type thing in the center of the room almost made me think Pete is some sort of uh, containment unit, but. I'm probably mixing up my my universes here. Back we go to the Ghost Rider, and there's kind of rehash here. A slightly odd scene. All the kills he's made are, are, are were basically legit. Reyes implies that he's not an inhuman. After all, he sold his soul to the devil, which I think is rehash too. Pete, he also, you can tell he's, he's a good actor because he does a lot of jaw clenching so you can kind of see the muscles he's an angry man he's a tightly wound spring (laughs) oh and the other the other boys have left the uh left the shop just as daisy mentions robbie's brother gabe she shouldn't have done that and then they start the very beginning of a fight to take us to an act break like they did last episode yeah um i like the affable robbie not so much sold on when the devil comes out, Matt, um, I I have to say at this point, and um, 
you know, the, the sudden hook of a flame or, you know, whatever it was that he was using there. Um, but all right, we established last episode, you know, everybody's attached to something. We know he has a brother here. She's got to bring up the brother that angers him. And before you can say manana, Matt, we're in a commercial. And Pete, in that commercial break, among other things, there was the, 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 the bittersweet commercial to see coming soon to your TV conviction starring Haley Atwell formerly of Agent Carter. So you take the moment, you say, okay, they're going to, of course, advertise the show to the S.H.I.E.L.D. audience. We, It's not Haley's fault that Agent Carter got canceled. So we'll just take our moment. No more thinking about Agent Carter for now. And Pete, well, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's fight night at the auto shop that we'll talk about in a second. But the fact that we then move to Coulson giving the tour and he's telling Agent Carter stories, uh, so many untold Agent Carter stories. Uh, it's not Ghost Rider that got burned in this episode. It's the American Broadcasting Company that got burned by Marvel TV. I really, yeah. What are the odds that the, that promo airs and then in the next segment, they're wistfully calling back to the canceled ABC show and, oh, Agent Carter, the SSR, uh, this this base here was constructed in 1949, and oh, Matt, I just, that one hurt. Pete, I'm going to put forth a theory here. You said, what are the odds? How about this? What if the odds are pretty good? What if somebody from ABC said, hey, listen, it's going to be your second episode uh, will be uh, the, 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 the last episode before conviction starts. Can you just listen, listen, all right? In between acts, in act one and in act two, can we just get like a little, you know, Agent Carter reference? They're like in the building where Agent Carter was or whatever. Just some kind of, you know, you can still, you can still think of Agent Carter. Just something so the audience goes, Agent Carter, conviction commercial agent. Can you do that for us? Thanks so much. Thanks so much. I'm going to send you a soy chai latte for doing that for me. <laughs> and then there's like, okay, we did it. Meanwhile, what's the capper of all that? It's there's so many untold Agent Carter stories. Hey, be careful what you ask for, because Pete, I'm going to be checking out Notorious just just for fun. No podcast. It's not no Notorious. Whatever. I'm going to be checking out Conviction, whatever it's called, because <laughs> Pete, clearly the advertising worked. Whatever it's called, I'm going to be checking it out. There's a lot of people who aren't checking it out because they took Agent Carter away. And that's your right, too. You don't need to watch a show because you like the actress. So it'll all be interesting. Pete, Notorious, Conviction, Lady Prison, I don't know, whatever it is, let's get back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, uh, Quake and uh, Ghost Rider facing off here at the beginning of Act 3. Um, suddenly she's flinging cars at him. He's uh, got her and uh, punches her out, which made it all a little anticlimactic there in the middle of the episode. It did, and I certainly have no problem of uh, characters of opposite gender ha having themselves a fist fight on our on our fictional superpower TV show. So I'm not complaining. Oh, he hit a lady or whatever, because it, it's fiction. It's 10 p.m. It's whatever. But I was definitely like, ooh, they just they just hit her good. They're not they're not fooling around here. This is definitely a far cry from the the eight o'clock time slot. Um, 
but regardless, as as mentioned, uh, aside from the Agent Carter heartbreak, Colson is giving the tour to members of Congress, no less. Um, and, and there's again this kind of uh, this undercurrent of um, you know of these kind of political machinations and of the, the the business place politics and heck, it's it's politics politics going on here. And uh, all the better for good old Agent Colson to be to be telling them the tales of the building. Uh, Agent May tells uh piper who we don't know other than a name she's been called in two episodes is she an agent is she a new recruit is she a trainee uh to get the squad pete i think Uh, she's i think she's the wesley crusher she's like (laughs) she's like an acting ensign so once shield gets public again then she'll be able to go to shield academy until then she's kind of getting getting provisional training you know and she's got the 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 tri-colored jumper that she wears sometimes and all that well she calls agent may ma'am which uh she's rebuked uh tells her to call her may she can do may matt that one that one lit up twitter and uh i dare say dare say it made our our hearts go pitter patter but pete let's not focus on the on the blue stuff here uh, May goes down to talk to the the imprisoned goon who sees ghost faces as well. Um, really powerful moment as he's so frightened and so addled that he's knocking his head against the glass and the glass is becoming bloodied. There's even a, a point of view shot where the, the camera is hitting into the glass and all of that. He, he, he almost kills himself, Pete. He's almost knocking himself out. Uh, when uh, when uh, Simmons comes and turns on the gas, turns around, May is gone. It was very effectively cross-cut with May having seen those creepy faces on some of the Congress people, and then to see it quickly on Simmons as she was talking to May, uh, and then she disappears. Um but uh, she wants to know, Simmons does, did you say something that made him uh, do this? And she is gone. On a Quinjet there, Mac and Fitz are uh, chatting. Uh, Fitz points out to Mac that he is an engineer, not a small tank, that he is far better suited tinkering with things. Uh, but Mac points out it's these long deployments there, Turbo, back to an old nickname for Fitz. Colson seems to like it, um, but this is not settling in well with Mac. Reference is also made to uh, this idea that you know it, it's a new mission now. They're not chasing Daisy anymore. Hashtag ironic since they're gonna they're gonna all but run into her at. Uh, at Pete, a place, I, I will admit, I didn't quite catch the name, so in my notes it's called Scientific Labs Incorporated. Um, <laughs> well, we know it's in Pasadena, and uh, NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory at the California Institute of Technology resides in Pasadena. I think they did that without the express permission to use that as what it was. Pete, are you telling me that NASA wouldn't want to be a to be uh, linked up in a story where a quasi legal quasi still secret at this point government agency is uh is chasing spook specters and ghosts in in the jet propulsion laboratory ghosts that have returned to this earthly realm in order to get get revenge upon what happened to them decades ago 
I don't see why JPL wouldn't want that wouldn't want that that positive PR bump there. Pete, we're talking about optics. Yeah, we don't even have manned spaceflight right now in this country, Matt. So that might be a stretch. Uh, there, however, the ghosts are speaking. They keep circling around this. He he did this. He did it with a book, Matt. A book. He did it. There's also reference to the dark hold. Pete, it's almost like they're trying to set up future episodes. Maybe a little bit too much here. But Pete, there's all this drama here. Uh, they're 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 blaming lucy but don't worry she'll use the book against him pronoun game meanwhile uh reyes is patching daisy up seems it uh he broke her arm in their dust up there um back to this new lab setting matt and there's a new ghost all of a sudden Indeed, there's a new ghost in town. He can't talk. His name is Vincent. Vincent seems to have it the worst. There's kind of a mournful cry from him. Um, let's see. Lucy says that she can't control them anymore, but then there's more reference made. She wants the book, but the others just want to trash the place. A little kind of story maintenance here. Nothing particularly too clarified. Um, and given that we don't see too much of uh, the main the main ghost crew for the rest of the episode minus the one guy i dare say it's uh, it's set up for for future episodes it is however pointed out that they will need to work together matt i think future story service back to the garage and reyes points out you know after we've had some ghosts that daisy has ghosts <gasps> Pete, is he literally saying that these two stories are going to converge in this episode? I'm not sure. I think he's more talking about the ghosts of her past. You know, we see a picture of Lincoln. Damn him for his handsomeness, handsome fullness. Pete, I don't even know what it is. That's how much I miss him. And uh, he talks not Lincoln, of course, because he was nuked to death all the way to the blind side. Um but uh, Robbie talks of Daisy wanting penance, and uh, he hears her reference about the old uh, scientific labs business that's going on. Uh, with that, Robbie is off, and she pulse blasts her way out of bondage and onto his car. This is a rip-roaring effect sequence. She's holding on. He's trying to trying to get her off. He, they drive into that famous L.A. tunnel that you've seen in many things that aren't Back to the Future 2 or Roger Rabbit. It's the other tunnel. And... Um, even a nice scene there as he kind of roars in anger and uh, and uh, the flames come leaping out of the car. And it's it, she's hanging on, Pete, until she's thrown off to end the act. Matt, I know when I'm hanging on for dear life on the top of a car, you're usually driving. I don't need to worry about our listeners who have more than generously gone to patreon.com slash fantastic geek, uh, chosen any number of uh, incentives or rewards and really helped us do what it is we do here. It's uh, it's so gratifying to have the audience help support us, especially with those uh, podcast bandwidth and storage uh, costs that do accrue especially uh, it, it's around this time of year as we head into winter when uh, 
when uh old man old man podcast host comes comes ringing for some money so it uh, is so very much appreciated it helps not only keep our new stuff continuing to flow but keeps the entire fantastic geek back catalog out there on the internets as is for your listening so thanks again and please go to patreon.com forward slash fantastic geek check out some of the incentives there will be new ones added very shortly and uh get yourself a little something on top of the good feeling of helping us out pete we return to the show to act three with the moment everyone has been waiting for more congressional action on agents of shield more more mocs pete that's members of congress simmons is late to the meeting with those members of congress and she's kind of trying to hide the fact that she's come from you know containment rooms with blood in them um it, it it's a wonderful kind of um amusing scene i was gonna it's not quite humorous but the whole notion of we all know what it's like to put on the show for for the boss man that kind of thing and meanwhile there's the real work going on that she's trying to keep uh, on the qt but hey pete who wants to see a quinjet <laughs> may's running piper sees her and uh, i love the way that um a director mace here played by jason o'mara he really kind of brings the calm okay just just smile and nod here let's let's get uh what's going on what happened well there was this incident there's blood everywhere probably not a good idea to be showing them that containment chamber right now and uh yeah banana banana here's your quinjet <laughs> the old banana banana trick pete back we go to the g -g -g ghost science lab fitz's pke meter app pete it's an app now that's how far we've come pke meters used to be their own thing back in the 80s now you just get an app for it um but that app is off the chart uh the door to the ghost chamber by the way is opened which is the biggest uh just the single biggest you know look out something's gonna happen um a checkoff's open door if you will and pete that's when the g -g ghost appears a shotgun is fired and that appears pete to ward it off i don't hear i'm coming home in the background matt so you know the heartstrings um aren't pulled at too severely but uh with fitz and mac clearly under duress here they've they've got bigger problems uh mac is shooting at the ghosts here uh little overwritten his dialogue here uh these guys disappear i hate these guys not um henry simmons best opportunities he's ever had on this show uh may meanwhile streams into another area uh explains that the base has been infiltrated um that uh you know colson won't let them uh uh take you there's there's no time here um but phil calm cool collected with uh his his old friend melinda here he explains that uh they've got some current blood samples of even the director they'll just go to the lab everything will be fine won't it matt well, Pete, 
that's what his words are saying. But luckily, the cameraman is using what, what those in the biz call Dutch angles to help uh, keep that camera kind of turned there, sell the creepy factor. I think that uh, we are intentionally ahead of May on this one. We can see where things are headed, at least in terms of Coulson's ulterior motive. And uh, it, Pete, it's it's rare territory to see Melinda May so uh, so taken down by, by anything. Yeah, and with Fitz here uh, yelling out to Mac, don't let the ghost touch you, you'll go crazy, because of course we've seen that, but now somebody's got to say it. Um, One pushes Mac into that cylindrical chamber in the center of that lab. Uh, Fitz says that uh, he could try to help these ghosts, but they uh, are adamant that you can't meanwhile back at shield hq pete this is a story that goes from coast to coast may is looking at at those assembled around her she figures out that colson is being sneaky she starts to fight and she declares she'll stop them to end the act act five here may's fighting colson uh calling out she's sick but wait it's me wait please um but but uh what has to be done is going to be done um and the new director there uh he's a monster but he prefers the term matt inhuman what he's super strong he can take punches he can he can hold her up without the use of any kind of piano wire to hold her up (laughs) um i think that Good job on the show for showing the restraint with which he knocks her out. I think that though we though we continue to expect there being some sort of you know second wave of badness from him, it's it's with it's with uh, the character showing restraint that he gives her a little clock on the head to knock her out. Then he grins oddly at Coulson and Pete. This is where Jason O'Mara's casting is such a bonus because. There, there's a multitude of emotions shown there, and the audience is left feeling creepy at the sight of Omar's director. Too bad they can't put that on the tour. Reyes, meanwhile, jumps into the fray at the the science setting lab, not to be confused with our shield lab. Um, grabs a ghost. The reactor is stuck. Daisy comes in and she helps Mac out, uh, but they have to turn that reactor off as Ghost Rider melts a ghost. A nice surprise there that uh, that for all the for all the fear of oh no you can't be touched by the ghost um, uh, he is able to make contact with them. You can certainly see on the ghost's reaction that that this is not business as usual. Um, with that, there's no ghost problem here. In fact, in fact, what is he? He's fired up and he sends the, the ghost burned away. Uh, there's a reaction shot from Daisy. Uh, one of those, you know, oh, no, look away where it's really selling, you know, the, the death of this ghost. If that if that is such a thing. And um, and uh, Daisy there as well. She, she blows the door off for Max. So good news, Pete. Mac was not turned into a ghost that day. The ghost rider then sees a picture on the wall of several uh, people 
and he leaves seemingly having recognized them and more work to do. Um, Mac then bandages the left arm of Daisy, um, wants to know, uh, he does if, uh, that was another inhuman, but Daisy says that he's not interesting, that she seems to know that at this point. Um, but if uh, she's running with a vigilante, uh, he can't be all that bad. He did save Fitz's life. In this whole kind of uh, post-conference, if you will, uh, I enjoyed how there's this release of emotions here. Mac taking Daisy to task for turning her back on the team. They've been trying to protect her and she's the one on the run. And then it's hammered home by Fitz. He's calling her out saying that she wanted to handle this alone. The, the implication being when she should have handled this with, with her friends, nay Pete, her shield family. Yeah. And how many discussions like this have we seen between Mac and Daisy? Uh, you know, come home with us, everything here. We have a drug that'll help your bones heal. Oh, 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 wait, you already have it. Yo-yo's giving it to you. And the, the betrayal there, I think, is worse than the inability to bring Daisy back home here, that it's Yo-Yo, that it's somebody Max bonded with that uh, is enabling Daisy to stay out in the cold. But here, Matt, it's Fitz who jumps in uh, that she, Daisy, is the one that turned her back on us, that we've all been through terrible things here. Um, and there's the idea of doing what needs to be done. Uh, thanks for the split, though. And uh, they separate. Um, back at S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, uh, Phil Coulson takes a picture there for the director with the, uh, the members of Congress. Uh, oh, hey. Don't forget, everything you saw was confidential. You've signed those NDAs, those non-disclosure agreements. And um, we move on, business as usual, or is it? Well, certainly the, the meeting there for the members of Congress ending with, uh, with a smile and spit polish. I did wonder if you can, if you can do a non-disclosure form with members of Congress who tech technically are overseeing things. I mean, I know there's classified stuff that you can't, that you can't speak about. I just wondered kind of how realistic that was, but it's, it's, it's not an area of a particular, uh, a need for story realism, but with, with the members of Congress now gone, we are definitely on Colson's side. Um, particularly as, as the more important business is needed to be attended to, uh, the director, I think, very fairly notes that Coulson cannot be objective when it comes to Daisy or May and uh, says that Coulson is on the sidelines when it comes to May's treatment. After all, it's classified. And Pete, those words hurt, but it's it's tough to argue against them at this point. And we see here the <clears throat> background on um, the Omera character that he was brought in that they that Coulson said the new director should be a powered person 
but uh, somebody people trust. And it's all as a result of Steve Rogers going AWOL. So multiple knives here into the heart, into the repaired once dead heart, Matt, of Phil Coulson. The uh, the act concludes with, with with a painful cut. The cut to May on a Quinjet. She's in a straight jacket. She's screaming her head off, saying, "Get away from me! Get away from me!" And Pete, I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. The show is better when it gives Ming Na Wen something to do. It was guilty last season of, and there's a really compelling story, and May will fly the jet there, then like beat up a guy, and then oh, there'll be heart drama over here where people are in love and may will fly the jet again so as much as it hurts to see may here thank goodness they're giving ming now when really interesting compelling stuff to do i can't wait to see where she takes this storyline pete for the tag scene there's a mysterious car it looks old wait a minute We've seen that before. It's Daisy's van. Sure enough, we see Daisy too. The van won't start, but the ghost rider drives on up. Reyes definitely bringing overtures of friendship here, wanting to work together to solve some of these mysteries. Pete, he might even be a link to them. And uh, he invites her to get into the car, and in the car she goes. Pete, we've gone from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Ghost Rider to maybe some kind of Ghost Rider super team up here. Yeah, what kind of adventures will Quake and the Ghost Rider get into? Is this a is this a spring spinoff, Matt? <laughs> Daisy and the Ghost. My 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 mother the car meets <laughs> Spider-Man in Daisy and the Ghost. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys, which begins, Matt with ghosts indeed pete the uh the the main evil force in this episode are those ghosts you have your lucy you have your you have your other ones that are slightly less important slightly less scary hugo vincent absolutely pete i didn't forget their names i was just making sure you knew them it's not that they weren't kind of unmemorable and not really driving the story here because of course they were it's a TV show, which of course is going to have a clearly stated villain for the entire episode. So one of those, Hugo, is no more. Uh, I expect Pete prediction. We're going to see more of Lucy and Vincent and perhaps others in the future, although not next week. And then we have Robbie Reyes here, the aforementioned Ghost Rider, who in the course of this episode, Bat, goes from uh, humanized villain to potential partner pete would you say that he goes or he gozers from the one to the other i think you could say either but uh quicker than a ghost could pass into you and help you see or harm you to see people's faces uh dissolving into some kind of creepy specter um, we have that fight in the middle of the episode. Their, their powers are so very clearly defined. Uh, she can uh, manipulate uh, waves. He, of course, can turn things into flames and uh, make his face fall off. 
and uh, to to pit them for a second straight episode against one another. You were sensing even there. Okay, they're going to resolve this. Somebody's going to tap Martha, and uh, they'll they'll put it past. And frankly, I was glad to because as as uh, discussed briefly before, the notion that this is a second straight episode where there is a an exciting act break where the two of them are just about to face off. It's like, you know, I, I think this was a case where maybe you had one and three quarters worth of story uh, between last week and this week and a little bit of stretching to make it fit. You know, that no harm, no foul. Not every episode is going to be, uh, you know, Colson gets his hand cut off or whatever. But um, I'm glad that the, the tenuous partnership has already begun. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, certainly much of the mystery in this episode revolves how these people have been turned into ghosts, imprisoned in cells for an extended period of time. And what's the sciency connection? The show is up front in starting to explore that scientific. Uh, avenue to explain this all uh almost as as fast as we as we see uh lucy in this episode i appreciate that just because you want to take us to the edge of magic fine it's as you said earlier pete uh quoting thor that that the marvel cinematic universe lives in a place where magic is kind of such fabulous technology that we don't need to get into how the technology works it just appears to be magic fine so be it give us some of that science here because that's true to that's true to this show and true to the, the slice of life that this show takes um and i think that we're progressing nicely i mean in classic agents of shield fashion pete i would bet that we have much of this ghost storyline wrapped up well if not by thanksgiving then by then by new year's day and to juxtapose the uh ghost storyline here with the in-person introduction of the new boss who we find in his final scene is an inhuman at the top of an organization that is just prepared to go public again. Matt kind of understated as to what his powers are. Yeah. He can pick you up and he'll knock you out, but you know, he's not earthquake woman. He's not flame car guy uh what is he it, it's it, it makes a ton of story sense a to have this as a twist it's a twist I, I i did not see coming although as soon as they explain it as soon as they say everyone agreed that the new public face of shield needed to be an inhuman to advance this this notion of equality and trust and all of that uh, immediately everything falls into place as for his his super strength and uh and uh invulnerable skin pete it's such an interesting power for a character i almost have to wonder couldn't marvel do its own show about about a power man who who has such has such powers but maybe not quite in the corporate realm maybe something a little bit more a little bit more kind of of the streets i think you'd probably get tired of having to buy new clothes <laughs> Uh, well, Pete, luckily the Hulk buys buys these undie roos that are very, very stretchy. Transmissions. 
Let's check the wire, Matt. Pete, we had some uh, some some show royalty get in touch with us first. Uh, could not be more pleased to have received a tweet from Natalia Cordova, who of course plays Yo-Yo. Uh, we had uh, we had tweeted our appreciation uh, of her, and she said back to us, "Thank you so much for the kind words, guys. Really appreciate the love and support for Yo-Yo and the show. So certainly our pleasure to be uh, to be spreading the gospel of Yo-Yo." Super flattered to hear from her. And Pete uh, also making the rounds in this past week uh, was a uh, a Marvel tweet that had a, a two or three minute behind the scenes video uh, featuring Mark Kolpak, the VFX director, uh, basically showing that in addition to to uh, the Ghost Rider actor wearing uh, a motion capture uh, a hood to, to capture his motion, how he also wears this um, this orange light element as part of the hood. Um, and, uh, we had tweeted the practical light orange shimmer on the jacket. Cause that's why it's there, yep. Pete, to, to, to push light, uh, over his body and, and on others as the flaming skull would. Uh, so that orange shimmer, it really sells the VFX, which I had not noticed that shimmer in the first episode, probably because I was looking at the giant flaming skull, but <laughs> it really is seamless. And, and Mark Kolpak had responded and that's called integration, which there's, there's the technical term. You can have the greatest special effects in the world, but if it doesn't look like it meshes with the world around it, then it just falls flat. So big thumbs up there to uh, Mark Kolpak for another week of just amazing, amazing special effects. We have reached such a uh, tipping point with uh, visual special effects to the point where technology that was employed two years ago, you think of how in Star Wars The Force Awakens, they were using actually lit lightsabers on set to get that glow instead of having to add it in post-production. And here they're using ideas that were used in film uh less than two years ago how quickly there uh and how much more quick the turnaround in a, a six to eight week operation when you're talking about tv from the time that uh it's filmed to the time that it airs i would even argue that that there's a there's a maz ray two shot in the force awakens i would argue that there may be not a hundred percent integrated. If you really want to be nitpicky and say, "Hey, it kind of the one looks real, Maz looks real, Ray is real," but they kind of don't look like they're in the same thing, even though they're in the same shot. So again, I'm not. I'm in no way trying to tear down the movie. Just this idea of it. It's you can have the greatest effects in the world, but it needs to it needs to integrate. And uh, and as you said, Pete, we're seeing we're seeing attempts at two hundred million dollar movies, and we're seeing attempts at at one hour TV shows where it's just just sick, sick special effects that are out there. But of course, Pete, no one has gotten sick from interacting with you on Twitter. It's what the cool kids do these <laughs> days. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J K E T L A A R eight thousand three hundred eighty nine followers. Can't be wrong. 
And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you want, 24-7, by being in touch with us, with Fantastic Geek. That's Fantastic with the PH. You can find us on that name, on the .com, the Gmail, the Instagram, the Twitter. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek. The PH, the one word, the place to be. Well, Pete, we are wrapping up this uh, episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Again, that programming note, we're going to be back on our uh, pop culture podcast feed and the Luke Cage podcast feed uh, this weekend to be talking about uh, the debut of that show and uh, doing three other episodes next week, with, uh, especially with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. taking the week off so uh, democracy and debate can continue. Pete, I'm sure it'll be nothing but classy. Um but uh, if, uh, if you only listen to us on uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feed, we will be back in two weeks. So thank you one and all for listening. And Pete, I will give you the final word. Just remember, the team that trusts is the team that triumphs. 